Good morning and welcome from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryan and we're glad you're here on Kentucky Newsmakers. Later, we'll be hearing from Georgetown Mayor Tom Prather on the booming growth in his city and his desire to see the whole bluegrass region do a lot better at planning for the future. Mayor Prather with us later. But first, Republican State Representative and candidate for Governor Robert Goforth is here. Goforth announced his candidacy for the state's top job earlier this week and he quickly went after Republican Governor Matt Bevan without bringing up his name. Goforth is a pharmacist who says the opioid crisis drove him into public service. He also stakes out conservative positions on social issues including abortion and guns. He voted against the pension bill that was recently struck down by the state Supreme Court. And now a year into his time in the legislature, Goforth is running for governor with Lawrence County Attorney Mike Hogan as his running mate. Representative Goforth joins us here on Kentucky News makers welcome and thanks for coming well thank you for having me bill let's hear a little bit first of all about your background how you got to the the point of being state representative and now a candidate for governor well <clears throat> um, my, my background is not unlike many uh, tens of thousands of children all across Kentucky I grew up extremely poor mo uh, raised mostly by a single mother me and my two brothers you know, it was rough growing up. We, a lot of times, had no idea if we were gonna have a roof over our head or food on the table. But no matter how hungry we got or how cold we became, our mother's love was there and it sustained us. And uh, I was told a lot that I was born poor, I'd continue to be poor, that college was a pipe dream, that becoming a pharmacist was impossible, but I proved them wrong. Whenever I was 16, I dropped out of school because of poverty and my little brother was special needs and him being in and out of the hospital from time to time having seizures. And so poverty won out. But at the age of 17, realizing that if I stayed where I was, poverty, the same poverty that consumed my childhood would consume the rest of my life. I earned my GED. I joined the military in search of a better future. And, and it was in the Army where I found hope and my ability to believe in myself. And so whenever I got out, I got a job. I come back home. I got a job at the Tecumseh plant in Somerset. Remember those compressors that they made right. down there? Uh, but then I got hurt down there on the job and uh, lost hope a little bit. But the physician that was treating me for my injury, he said, you can't do the type of physical work that you've been doing for the rest of your life, Robert. You're going to have to find a different job. What would you like to do? And that's when I told him about my dream about being a pharmacist. My little brother's had cerebral palsy his whole life. Mm -hmm. And so every time he'd have a seizure when we were growing up, we would take him to the uh, hospital, he'd get released, we'd go and see the pharmacist, the pharmacist wearing his white lab coat, he'd give my brother his medicine and make him better, and they became my heroes, people that helped others. Yeah. And so that was, that was my first dream of being a pharmacist. Well, that doctor reawakened that dream, he told me what I needed to do. I went to, I applied to college the next day, I started UK 1999 as a 23-year-old freshman. <laughs> and did that and then earned my doctorate. Yep. Yeah. 
earned my doctor of pharmacy degree at Massachusetts College of Pharmacy, came back, worked hard, and opened up my first pharmacy, then it ended up in ultimately four pharmacies, put about 40 plus people to work, and uh, just built some good businesses in some very poor communities that uh, we've helped a lot of people make sure that they had their medicine. You recently won a, a special election, became state representative, you've been elected to a full term, and this week you jumped right into the race uh, for governor with some uh, thinly veiled references to the incumbent governor. You said we need a governor who listens more than he lectures. Is that going to be the thrust of your campaign? Well, it's true, Bill. I mean, here's the thing. We, we need a governor that knows Kentucky. We need a governor that is rooted in Kentucky. Not one that's been molded by New England and Wall Street, but someone who's been molded by Kentucky and Main Street, who puts working people at the front of what they do, who puts every, and values every Kentuckian, no matter where he or she works or what their net worth is worth, but values every Kentuckian. Republicans uh, haven't always had rough and tumble primaries. The Democrats yeah. maybe have had more of those in the, in the state over the years. Are you signaling, though, that this is going to be a tough primary season? Well, I think it's going to be a competitive one, but here's the thing. I've, I've went out all across the state, and I've been talking to Kentuckians, not politicians. I'm talking about the average working Kentuckian, and ask them what they want to see. And what they keep telling me is they want the heavy hand of Matt Bevan lifted off of their necks. They're ready for a change. They're ready for a... Uh, replacing this corporate first agenda with a people first agenda. That's what they're ready for. You voted against the pension bill. Uh, I, I did vote against the pension Was that because you bill. think it's unnecessary or that the, the, you didn't agree with well, that particular approach? Bill, everybody knows that we have a crisis with the pension system and things need to be fixed. The first thing that's getting fixed, of course, now it's being funded. That what should have happened all along. We're, we know that there's a problem, but here's the thing. I have some great ideas, but it's not all about me. And that's what we've endured for the past almost four years as someone who thinks he alone has all the answers to our problems, and he doesn't. That's not how we are in Kentucky. That's not Kentucky. That's not me, and that's not how I'm going to govern. I'm going to bring Democrats and Republicans together. I'm going to bring all the stakeholders to the table, and we're going to look at the tough issues that confront our Commonwealth, and we're going to fix them because that's what we are. That's Kentucky. Early in this session, you were sponsoring anti-abortion legislation that the ACLU is promising to challenge legally if it yeah. passes the legislature. Um, what does your bill say? Well, the bill says that you have to check for a fetal heartbeat. Once a fetal heartbeat is detected, if you perform an abortion after that, it's a Class D felony. Does it essentially outlaw abortions in no, Kentucky? No, it doesn't outlaw abortions in Kentucky. You know, it takes about six to seven weeks to detect a heartbeat. If you, if your doctor checks your pulse, he says you're alive if your heart's beating. If he checks your pulse and your heartbeat and he doesn't have a pulse or heartbeat, then you're pronounced dead, right? So at least let's acknowledge that once you 
can detect a heartbeat, that's a signal of life. We need to protect life. We need to make sure that God is the author of life and not man. Representative, you're also uh, in favor of a bill that would say that a rapist would have no chance at parental rights. That's right. I, I filed that today. Here's the thing. We need to protect the rape victim in the unborn innocent child and penalize the criminal. That's what we need to do. And right now, that's not always the case. You know, rape, rapists are suing for parental rights. And that's not right, okay? They've committed a crime and we need to make sure that we strip them of their parental rights and protect the rape victim and that innocent unborn child. Representative Robert Goforth is with us on Kentucky Newsmakers. He's a candidate for governor. He also uh, is going to be emphasizing the opioid crisis and his approach to dealing with that. We're coming back with that on Kentucky Newsmakers. Later, Georgetown Mayor Tom Prather. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Republican candidate for governor and state representative Robert Goforth is joining us and we're continuing our discussion. We mentioned the opioid crisis sort of pushed you into community work and eventually into public service. You're a yes, pharmacist. Uh, did you not like what you were seeing uh, while in that capacity in Appalachia? Absolutely not. I've, I've traveled all over the state with a group that we started myself and another pharmacist and someone who passed away's mother, uh, a young man named Darius Fent. He passed away from a heroin overdose and his mother came together with me and that other pharmacist to start Project Darius. And we've traveled all over the state educating children about medication safety and substance abuse prevention education. What are we missing uh, in, in an approach to, to trying to deal with this? Well, we're, we're missing the commitment and the opportunity that we have with those children every single day at school. They see the scourge of drugs 365 days a year in their household a lot of times. They see the impact, the negative impact, and we need to show them the positives. We need to show them uh, what they need to do to stay away from that type of lifestyle. We need to educate them on what's going to happen to them if they do try drugs because sometimes it's just one time. They try it one time and they're addicted and so we need to make sure that they're fully aware of that instead of once or twice a year. I've proposed for years that we give them a daily educational opportunity for medication safety and substance abuse prevention education grades K through 12. And we teach kindergarten students all the way up through 12th grade and we see the impact but we need to be doing it every day. We have them about 180 plus days out of a school year. They see it 365. Let's make sure that they know what the effects are going to be on their body, how addictive these drugs are. And it's not just opioids, it's all substances of abuse. What is your stance on medical marijuana? Well, medical marijuana, here's the thing. The FDA just approved a seizure medication. So is, you know, it's been proven to be safe and effective when it's went through the proper studies and the proper channels uh, it, that seizure medication at least has. So I think going through the proper channels and the proper studies and uh, the knowing what the dose is and the formulation and everything else, 
then there could be some advantageous uh, things done with medical marijuana Are you to likely treat disease a, a, a yes vote when it comes up? If well, I'll there. have to see the bill and see how it's structured. School safety uh, is introduced as Senate Bill 1. Uh, you have said uh, more guns in the right hands could make schools safer? Well, here's, here's the thing. What I've said is I would like the public to be protected. And that's what my House Bill 30 does. It levels the playing field. Everyone should have equal rights to protections. Right now, only certain politicians and attorneys and different people like that have these open-ended rights to be able to protect themselves and their families wherever they're at. I think everyone should be able to protect their families and, uh, and others wherever they're at, just like certain politicians. Our life is no more important than anyone else's and we shouldn't have special rights. And that's what it is. It's leveling the playing field for everyone to make sure that they can protect themselves. About 30 seconds left. How yeah. do you see this campaign going? Uh, do you intend to raise uh, as much money as you can? Will you uh, self-finance your campaign? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to self-finance uh, some of it, but you know, we've already had some big donations starting to pour in. So um, when we kicked off the campaign on Tuesday, I mean, I think we sparked uh, ignited a flame in people and they realized that there's true hope for Kentucky with someone that is rooted from Kentucky, that understands Kentucky's culture and values and respects people and will bring humility back to the governor's office. Robert Goforth is running for Kentucky governor in the Republican primary. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Bill. Keep it here. Kentucky Newsmakers will continue in a moment and we will be hearing from Georgetown Mayor Tom Prather, a growing city. We're back with that. We welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers, and we're glad you're here. Georgetown's growth has been nothing short of remarkable over the last 30 years or so, and it shows no signs of slowing down. Lexington's tighter restrictions on development lead some to seek housing, even business opportunities in surrounding areas. And since Toyota began its operations in the 1980s in Georgetown, the once sleepier city of heavily agricultural Scott County has been booming. The man leading Georgetown back in those days when Toyota got going is the mayor again and Tom Prather is just now starting another term in the top job at City Hall. Mayor Prather joining us to kind of update us on things and it's good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Good morning Bill. Delighted to be with you. It's today. back to the future for you isn't it right? It is back to the future. I think sometimes who gets a do-over? I get a two-over, right. uh, and I'm really excited about it. I remember interviewing you in the 1980s when uh, there was word that something was coming. We learned that it's Toyota, you know, and, and, and eventually then the, the, the plant uh, started operations uh, during uh, your term there. We look back at those days, compare them to now, Georgetown then and now. A uh, big difference, huh? A lot of difference. Uh, clearly our population has grown, uh, and with that population growth comes certain responsibilities on our part. You know, Bill, the, the uh, attitudes and the procedures and the processes that we had in place when we were a city of 10 or 15,000 don't work when you're a city of 35,000. So what we're about in Georgetown is trying to grow up, trying to become the city that we are and be professionally managed and professionally run. There is a new uh, shopping area that is planned that is going to go, as I understand it, on the north side. Uh, tell us about that and, that, and how that how the planning for that is going on. 
Well, we've got some uh, unique development opportunities with some of our new road infrastructure in Georgetown and Scott County. The new interstate exchange, uh, and then we built uh, the new Lexus Way that connects Interstate with Cherry Blossom and Champion Boulevard. All of those create some remarkable development opportunities that are being planned as we speak now. Uh, those are just a natural part of our commercial development to keep pace with the residential development. There are other things uh, happening. We know that a new high school is about to open uh, in the fall and there will be a new elementary school and it's that elementary school that is kind of putting some pressure on you to get some things done quickly, huh? Well, it, it is. The, the new high school is absolutely essential, and our community is excited about second, having our second high school. Uh, this fall, we will also open Creekside Elementary. Uh, Creekside Elementary is located on a road that is substandard today, and if we're going to put school buses and our children on that road, uh, we're looking at about a million-dollar improvement to that road this year before the school starts in August. How do you plan uh, in a city that is growing that fast? I mean, you're talking about, as you said, tripling in size in, in the last uh, 25 years or so. Uh, how do you plan for the future knowing that that potential for that growth is there to continue? It's difficult. First step, as with all Kentucky communities, uh, we have a current comprehensive plan, that five-year development plan that, that every community is required to do. We just completed a complete rewrite of our comprehensive plan that had substantial public involvement, a lot of citizen engagement. So we'll start with that as a baseline document to help us guide that growth. But we've got to do two things, Bill. We, we've got to fix a flat tire without stopping the car and prepare uh, for what's next for us. Go ahead. Well, we've got, we've got infrastructure needs that uh, we've allowed development to occur where the infrastructure has not kept pace. We're aware of those areas and working diligently to try and catch up. What we'll need to do for the future, and I think it's critical for Georgetown and Scott County, since we're Kentucky's fastest growing county, and by extension, we think the fastest growing city, we have to get a handle on how we pay for growth. I think the basic philosophy is growth should pay for growth without unduly burdening the existing citizen base. And how do we do that? Uh, through development fees or impact fees. I think that if the fastest growing city in Kentucky can't figure this out, we're in trouble. We've got to find a model that works, that allows us to prepare for our future growth. Uh, in a planned and professional manner. You have some experience uh, is, uh, in regional planning as well. When you, when you step back, let's go from close up to a, a satellite image of central Kentucky with the large Lexington and the fast growing cities around, such as Georgetown and Richmond and Nicholasville and the others. When you see it all, is this region uh, planning well for the future? We are in some ways, Bill, and in other ways we're completely failing. Uh, what I can say is that the business community understands regional cooperation very well. The not-for-profit community understands regional approaches very well with the United Way and other collaborative philanthropic approaches. Government has not figured it out yet. We still largely operate in silos. And I think anything that we can do to communicate with our regional neighbors would be very helpful. Is part of that the fear of loss of identity? Uh, if you know, if, if if the smaller towns, uh, you know, they don't want to be covered under the label of of the larger 
opt-outs. Is that part of the issue? I think that's part of it. And, and that's, you can see that clearly when you look at a map of Central Kentucky. We're blessed uh, today when we look at that map to see specific communities that are well-defined and you can be in those communities and enjoy those amenities. Then you can drive through the countryside to another defined city and enjoy those amenities. And I think that our quality of life is largely determined by how well we do this regional cooperation. Planning decisions will always be intensely local, but yet we should talk to one another about the way we approach those. I can say that I'm very encouraged by the initial overtures from Mayor Gorton uh, to her regional neighbors. Uh, we're actually getting together uh, next week for a regional luncheon that Mayor Gorton has invited us to. And I think that, that portends a good level of communication. Let's talk about a couple of major projects you have underway in Georgetown in cooperation with the county. And some of those are, are moving ahead as we speak. They are. It's important, Bill, that people understand in Georgetown and Scott County, a large portion of our success is because we know how to cooperate. Georgetown and Scott County work exceptionally well together. Our two biggest capital projects now are jointly funded between the city and the county. We're doing a complete rebuild of our 911 emergency response system. That's a $10.5 million upgrade. Uh, that's essential because that's our lifeline to our first responders. Uh, we're doing that jointly with the county and it should be through later this year. We're also uh, in the middle of a $7 million expansion of our Lanes Run Business Park. And for the first time, the Scott County Fiscal Court is our financial partner on that expansion. This is the business park that is critical to our job growth for the future. The, the improvement that we're doing today, Bill, will, will let our business park have an exit directly onto Cherry Blossom, which exits directly onto I-75. Mm -hmm. So with this improvement, we can now invite the world to the doorstep of our business park without convoluted directions. All uh, communities, cities, and counties face increased pension costs. Uh, that's going to be uh, uh, that's being phased in by the state. At least the cities uh, were able to win that from the legislature. Is Georgetown prepared to absorb that? Is that a is that a, a reality you have to deal with in the, in planning? It is an absolute reality, and the phase in is something that we think is critical to our being able to put this in place efficiently without severely curtailing services. Uh, with the phased in approach that we're operating under now, we can project our budgets and I think we can survive these increases without reducing services. Since the court challenge has, has rejected that bill now, uh, the phase in is in question. Absent the phase-in, if we were forced to immediately implement the full cost of these pension projections, uh, it could mean police and fire layoffs. It could mean uh, a devastating impact on our budgets. We can manage it with the phase-in. We'll really struggle, as all cities will, if we lose that opportunity. At this point, do you believe uh, that that is a possibility, or do you think uh, it is more likely that, uh, that you will get to keep the phase-in? I think everybody that is involved understands the importance of the phase-in. And I think it would be, frankly, irresponsible not to give local government that tool. 
You told me that there's something that really concerns you along the Scott-Fayette County line. It's a potential, uh, as you said, humanitarian and environmental uh, issue that uh, causes you uh, great concern and probably should a lot of people. It, it absolutely, Bill. Uh, on the Scott-Fayette County line, there are two very large trailer parks. Uh, they're collectively known as Georgetown Estates, uh, but about a third of the units lie in Fayette County and two-thirds in Scott County. These two large trailer parks are served by packaged sewer treatment plants that are sometimes ineffective in treating the sewage. So we know that we have human contamination of the Lane Run Basin. We have studies to prove that. Um, for 20 years, I think we've all been willing to drive by on US 25 and simply avert our gaze from this trailer park. We've drawn a line in the sand and said we will no longer tolerate this environmental problem. We also think it's, it's a humanitarian crisis from, from the families that are out there. And we're determined to fix that. I'm delighted that the Lexington Fed Urban County Council has made a $475,000 commitment to this large project. It's about an $8 million project to fix the whole thing. Um, we are determined to do that. And um, I just can't imagine, Bill, that on the border between two of Kentucky's most prosperous counties in 2019, we could find circumstances like this. We've got a moral obligation to fix this. Here you are, second term. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, as far as if this is your, your final term as mayor of Georgetown, but you have done uh, four terms, or will have done four terms as mayor. What uh, uh, your goal for the next uh, four years here? Several specific goals, Bill. To continue to grow up, to continue to be the city of the future that we need to be and grow into the, the city that Georgetown needs to be within this region. That's a part of it. We all need to focus on the opioid problems that are devastating our community. I was very proud of Mayor Gorton for making that one of her priorities. Uh, we have the same problems in Scott County. Pleased that our police department now has two victims of crime advocacy and we've established an angel network so that if an addict wants to have help, they can come to the Georgetown Police Department. And instead of arresting them, we will find them a treatment bed. We will work on, on those kinds of things. Um, juvenile violence is something that's affecting all of our communities. Uh, we see it manifest itself in our school system. And you get a lot of police calls to the, even the high school. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and, and that has seen a, a sharp increase yeah. in this school year. So uh, I've worked with the Chief of Police and Superintendent Hub, and we're establishing a juvenile violence work group that will meet for the first time on the 15th of this month uh, with local judges, local social workers. We want to take a deep dive into how we can help our youth uh, do better with these violent situations. Mayor Tom Prather of Georgetown, thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning. Make it a good week ahead.